like to read with you, please, in the Gospel of John. <clears throat> Gospel of John in chapter 4. There's a rumor going around that <clears throat> I'm a little chauvinistic because in the last few days we've been looking at the stories of just men. Men whose lives were changed by the gospel. We noticed on Monday <clears throat> a man from Ethiopia, and we had to run quickly right up to his chariot and see how his life was transformed by the gospel. On Tuesday, we went down and we rubbed our eyes to wake up a little bit at the midnight shift and found a jailer a Philippian jailer, also a man whose life was changed by the gospel. Wednesday, we saw this blind man and how his eyes were opened both physically and then spiritually, he could see. And then last night, we noticed a man at the right beside the Lord Jesus, a man on the cross, all men. And so here's the, here's the uh, accusation. That preacher's a chauvinist. <laughs> well, listen up. John chapter 4. I want to tell you the story, a very touching story, of a, of a woman whose life was transformed by the gospel. John chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 4. Again, these are stories. These are these, it's almost like these people are telling you their story, so there is quite a bit of reading, but just, just try to follow along here. John chapter 4 and verse 4. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast thou, from whence then? Hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water, that I thirst not, Neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast now is not thy husband, and that sayest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. 
Um, drop down to verse 24. The Lord Jesus says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called the Christ, and when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And down to verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word and said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And that is, believe it or not, all we'll read tonight. The woman at the well. Now I have a question. Because the, the great benefit I have of being here is that there are some very smart and intelligent Bible students here, right? So you, you answer me this question after the meeting. We've looked at a few men and one woman, and I would just like to know their names. The Ethiopian eunuch. You, you help me out with his name. The Philippian jailer. Help me out with his name. The blind man. You help me out with his name. The thief on the cross. Anyone know his name? The woman at the well. See, I'm I don't know their names. Fact is, their names aren't mentioned in the Bible. But in each story, one name's mentioned. Jesus. You see, what transforms a person's life? It's not the importance when you look at a testimony about their name. It's not even how they were raised, or people will say, I was born and raised in a Christian home, or I had no, or I had religious parents, Hindu parents, whatever it is. What transforms the life is the man who tasted death for every man, Christ. And he's the one who has transformed this woman's life. I, I did not do this kind of just haphazard. I specifically chose people in the Bible, and we don't know their name. We could go on for another week, perhaps, on people, and we do know their name. <laughs> people whose lives were changed, and we know their name. But these are people, and we don't even know their name. At least I don't. This woman at the well. I want you to notice in this message, I want you to notice the journey of the Lord Jesus. His journey. I want you to notice... Her journey, this woman, her need, and his answer. So I hope that's simple enough for you. When it comes to his journey, it says here that he, he purposed, he, he had to journey to Samaria. It was something that he had to do. He must, it says, go through Samaria. And many people have wondered why. And at least one of the reasons that he had to go through Samaria was to meet this woman. One of the things I hope you've noticed in this, in this week that has gone by is that while there are people who are not interested in searching for God, 
God is interested in searching for them. God sent Philip to leave his work and go meet a man in a chariot. And Philip was running and had to hear Isaiah 53 just at the right verse. Couldn't be there too early or too late. Because God was interested in the Ethiopian eunuch. God was interested in that blind beggar. And God was interested in the thief on the cross and the Philippian jailer. He sent an earthquake, a very specific earthquake, right to the Philippian jailer's cell. And it was so specific that the whole jail didn't fall over. It just the chains fell off. A very specific way that God was working in here. The Lord Jesus specifically, purposely, is journeying to Samaria. One of the reasons? To meet this woman. And so he gets there. It says that when he got there, um, he was weary of his journey. Jesus being weary of his journey. And as Johnny has reminded us tonight, it's one of those verses that tell us that the Lord Jesus was a, a real, actual man. Taking a journey was not like a, a superhero taking a journey. It actually tired him out. It was a weary thing to journey to Samaria. But I just want to tell you this. He took a journey farther, farther than that. For the Lord Jesus to come to Samaria, it wasn't just a journey from Jerusalem or from Galilee. He came from heaven. That's a long journey. He came from heaven into this world. And then he went to Samaria for one woman. His was a long journey and a purposeful journey. But really, the main story is all about her journey. He's getting there just at the point that she's coming there. I love this story. I think I said that every night, but <laughs> I do love this one too. And she gets to the well. She's coming at a strange time. She's the only person at the well. You know, the well in those days, that's how you would get your water, of course. Vital to have water. And she's journeying there, and yet no one else is there. It's just, as far as it seems, it's just her and the Savior. She's coming at a time when other people aren't coming. And as we go through the story, we start to figure out why. She's had a very difficult life, this woman. She's nearly had a very abusive life. It's hard to tell whether she's the one to, to point the finger at or, or, or what's going on with all these relationships that she's, that she's tried, but she's had a really rough journey. I wonder if there's anyone in this meeting. I wonder if there's a woman here or even a, even a man. And right now, as you sit in the Stark Road Gospel Hall, unbeknown to us, we have no idea, Maybe your parents have no idea or your loved ones. This has been a rough journey. I want to tell you tonight, there is one man who knows all about it. He doesn't just know about it so he can judge you. He knows about it so he can give you water. So you'll never thirst again. He has come to quench the thirst of men and women. That's why he came. Her journey was long as well, like the Lord Jesus, but hers was a very sad journey. When it comes to her problem, really, this is the, the Lord Jesus comes to the well, and he does things that, uh, just like the expert evangelist, he takes advantage of, of what's going on.
here's a well and here's water, so he sits down. And the Samaritan woman, she comes to the well and maybe on the other side of that big circular well, she goes around and she's drawing the water. And the Lord Jesus says, would you draw me some water? Oh, that was a shock. I don't know really how to explain it to um, an audience so many centuries removed and so many miles removed. L- let me just use an ex- example that, m- that you may be able to relate to. Years ago in these United States, there was slavery. And then after slavery was eradicated, there were still racial tensions between people of color and people... Well, they have color too, but <laughs> whatever. White people, okay? And there were different drinking fountains, different wells. You follow? Now imagine in those days, if you can imagine. Imagine if a black woman was there. And if you as a white man were at your drinking fountain, and all of a sudden you spoke to her to get water, you to get water from her fountain. That is something of what it was like for this Samaritan woman to hear a Jew who would look down at the Samaritans. And now he's going to ask her for water? And she, she says, you're asking me for water? You're a Jew. How could you ask me for water? And the Lord Jesus, sa- and, and the Lord Jesus says, well, if you had any idea who I am, you would be asking me for water. So now he's, he's talking to her. And she says, Sir, you don't even have a pot to dro- drop in the well and pick up the water. There's no way you can get the water. And, and the Lord Jesus says, Well, I have water that you don't need a pot for. I have water that you can drink of, and if you drink of the water I'm going to give you, you'll never thirst again. Now this woman, she has come to that well at that awkward time. It must have been hard to make that journey just perfectly when no one else is going to be around. And she's journeyed to that well days in her life. And who knows how long it took her to get from her village all the way out to this well. And she says, never thirst. And so she says, sir, give me this water. Let me have this water so I never have to come back here to this well. No one ever has to see me anymore. No one ever has to look down at me and how shameful they are of me, rub their nose down at me, and, and, and I can just have water. I'll never be thirsty again. And so this is what the Lord Jesus is talking about. He is talking about somebody receiving water, and they'll never be thirsty again. And the Lord then says, okay, I'm going to give you some conditions to receive this water. Number one, he says, now this is strange. Go call your husband. Huh? What's that have to do with getting a drink of water? (laughs) Go call your husband. Right away, we're noticing the Lord Jesus is not talking about just ordinary water. He's even said he's talking about water that a person will never thirst again. And just like if you remember in John 3, the Lord Jesus used the illustration of birth. But he was talking about spiritual birth. Now he uses the illustration of thirst. And he brings it to spiritual thirst. And he is talking about a way where thirst can be quenched. And step number one that the Lord Jesus wants her to face and he wants you to face is the issue of your sin. Sin. You see, in order for a person to be have their thirst quenched, the first thing they need to do is understand that they are thirsty. 
they are thirsty. There are conditions that people have where they actually don't realize how thirsty they are, and they end up dying from lack of enough water. And the first thing that a a person must understand if they are going to receive this water where they'll never thirst again is they must understand, number one, that they are thirsty. And she understood that. She was thirsty. You know, this woman, I don't know if she was trying to find satisfaction in relationships. Five husbands. And I don't know if she was trying to find her satisfaction in these relationships. And she went one, two, three, four, five. And now she's living with a man. It's not even her husband. Or if she had a relationship and that man takes off. Another relationship and that man takes off. Another one and that man takes off. And five times people just walk away. And the emptiness grows. What's wrong with me? What am I lacking? You can imagine. Constant rejection. Very likely in that society anyway. That would be the more common of the two. People just taking off and leaving. And she had five husbands. And now she's with a man and he's not even her husband. And she had tried relationships and she found no satisfaction. You know, there's people who try all kinds of things. There's people and they try, they they, they can't find satisfaction. Even Christians do this. And what they think is that they'll do this. I'll get a new job. That'll satisfy. I'll join a new church. That'll satisfy. I'll get a new haircut. That'll satisfy. I'll get a new outfit. That will satisfy. And they try all kinds of things. I'll join a new school. I'll play a new sport. I'll get a new hobby. I'll go on a different vacation. Anything to fill the void. The thirst. The thirst that is there. The longing for something to satisfy. Oh, but that's why he came to the well. He came to the well to satisfy her need. He came to the well to give her the water. But step number one, she must understand, I'm thirsty. And she did. Do you understand that you're thirsty tonight? There is nothing in this world that can satisfy you. You can try it if you wish. You've been given a free will from God. And you can try it. There is nothing in this world that will satisfy you. And it is the devil's lie to give you this mirage of satisfaction and leave you in hell. She understood she was thirsty. But the Lord Jesus wants her to understand more than that. She already knew that. She already knew that these relationships weren't satisfying her. You don't have to tell somebody who's had five husbands, who's been broken up five times, that they're empty. You don't have to tell somebody like that. If you've ever worked or talked to broken people, they don't need to be told Hey, you're broken. They know that. But the Lord Jesus wanted her to know why. It's because of sin. And so he wanted her to face the problem of her sin. Sin is why there's the thirst. Sin is why there's that longing. Sin is why there's that void. It's because of sin. You see, that void in our lives is because we are separated from God. We were made for God and we are separated from him. And what has separated us from God? The Bible says it is our sins that have separated us between us and God. And so he wants her to face the issue of sin. But you know what she does? She doesn't want to face it. 
So she tells the Lord Jesus. You know, uh, our fathers, our ancestors thought this mountain was good enough to worship, but you Jewish people say that there's somewhere else to worship in Jerusalem. And this place was good enough for our fathers, but for you, it, 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 you have to go to Jerusalem. And she brings in a big controversy going on in that day. You know, people still do that. When Johnny and I go to the door sometimes with people, and sometimes people still really change the subject. We were talking to a man the other day, and he lives close by here to the, to the hall, and we were talking to him about sin and knowing whether your sins are forgiven, and he was just throwing at us tidbits, little tidbits of information. So he said, you know, I know in the translation of your Bible it says, thou shalt not kill. You know what you should really be, thou shalt not murder. And he probably told us that like five times. Constantly, like, little tidbits of information. And then some prophecy in the book of Daniel, he kept going back to. And then something about the Lord's Day being, or on Sunday being invented by Constantine. And he kept going back to his tidbits of information. And just evading the issue. Little controversies. And people still do that today. You talk to them about their sin. Well, what do you think about the president? What do you think about Trump? What do you think about the, the Democratic Party and their coming up? Have you, have you heard about the, that they're going to, um, what's the word now? It's left me. Impeach him. Yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> have you heard that they're going to try to impeach him? And they start talking to us about all this information and has nothing to do with the issue of sin. But why are they bringing it up? It's a good distraction. And so the Lord Jesus, do you know what he does? He tells this woman, okay, I'll go with your distraction. He says, you know, my father, God, you know how people worship him? In truth. Oh. Here she is. She's trying to avoid the truth. I, I know you're a prophet. You know something about me. You know what I've done, but let me just bring on this controversy. But the Lord Jesus points her and says, Dude, if you actually want to worship God, you're going to have to do it in truth. You're going to have to be sincere. You're going to have to face the issue. Oh, she can't run. No, no one can run from Christ. No, you could run from me. You, you, could, you could fool me. I'm pretty easy. You can't fool Christ. He sees the heart. And so he goes down her alley, but he, it's going to be in truth. now. And now she's understanding this man is different. He's not just a prophet. He's somebody different. And she says, you know, they tell us that the Christ, they tell us that the Messiah is going to come. And that when he comes, he will tell us all things. He won't just... Be a prophet and know some things. He will know all things. He will be God's own son, the Christ. And she says, and he says, you know, the one who's speaking to you right now, I am he. And you know what she does? The Bible says that that water pot that was just a symbol of her own life, that she filled up at the well, took home, emptied it, and just the next day had to come fill up. And she did that with a relationship. One relationship, go home, the next day, another one. And the water pot was a symbol of her life. You know what she did? She left the pot. <laughs> she left the pot. The story is about a woman who left the pot and got a well. You know that? She took a well home. You say, my, my. You could take a well home. The Lord Jesus says that when a person receives him, he becomes in them like a well of water. Flowing of life. Never thirsty. No, there are times where we struggle still with, with things and struggle 
when we try to find satisfaction in other things, but you know, every Christian can say this. After they've tried all these different things, they have to say, really, none but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. Christ gives true satisfaction, true purpose. And this woman found that. She understood that she was thirsty. That was obvious. She understood why she was thirsty, sin. And then she understood who it was who could give her this water. This was Christ. But how could she receive it? Isn't that the thing? Johnny and I were talking to a man today, a very good conversation with a man, and he was like, that's the thing. Like, how do you make it yours? How do you receive it? And he had his own ideas. Well, how do you receive it? How do you get this well of water? And the Lord Jesus had said it earlier in John chapter 4. He said, it's a gift. If you only knew the gift of God, and he it is who is speaking to you. He says, anybody who receives this water, so they're never thirsty. Never thirsty again. Anyone who receives it, receives it as a gift. You know, it's one of those invitations you find all the way through the Bible. You go back to Isaiah, and Isaiah 55, and it says, Listen, everyone who's thirsty, come, get water. You don't need money, and you don't need price. You go to the last book of the Bible. The final invitation that God is giving to human beings, and it says, Now listen, whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. This thirst, this is why Jesus Christ came, to quench the thirst of man. And so, how does a person receive it? They receive it as a gift. You don't pay for your gifts. All you, all you reach out is an empty hand. That's what faith is. The empty hand. The empty hand to receive the gift. And thank the giver. Although you don't pay for it, somebody pays for it. Who paid for this water? He did. You know, Johnny and I, we preach the gospel and we talk about God giving his son and God tasting death and God giving water and God giving this gift. And we try to enter in a little bit, but you know, this man, as he talked to this woman, he knew, it would, he knew what it would mean. For her thirst to give, to be quenched. He would be taken outside the city for those sins that have made her thirsty. He would be crucified on the cross. He would be crushed for that woman's sins and for the sins of the world. He would die. And do you know what one of the things he said on the cross was? I thirst. I thirst. But he made the rivers. I thirst. But he made the seas. I thirst, said the king of the ages. And in his great thirst, he brought water to me. You could have water because of the thirst of Christ. He thirsted, abandoned by God. God was satisfied with what he did. He has raised him from the dead. 
He is no longer on the cross. He is no longer in the tomb. He will never be in the tomb again. He will never be in the cross. He is coming soon. And tonight in this gospel meeting, you could find in Christ's satisfaction. You could leave like this woman left. Again, another thing we've noticed, I hope, in this week. Whether it's the eunuch, or the jailer, or the blind man, or the thief, or this woman. It was one meeting with Jesus Christ. You say they didn't go for two weeks? No. (laughs) One meeting with Jesus Christ. And you know what she did? She did what most Christians do. When she heard about the thirst that could be quenched, you know what she did? She went and she told everyone else about it. She went to the Johnny of Samaria and said, Hey, you'll never be thirsty again. And she went over here and said, Hey, you'll never be thirsty again. There's somebody who can quench the thirst. He told me everything that ever I've done. And they all came. And you know what their conclusion was? That's the Savior of the world. Oh, if there was just one woman here tonight, one man, and you would find in Christ satisfaction, you would leave this meeting truly, never thirsty again. May it be so. Let's, let's pray.